1: Live from the
0: Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles.
2: The Brody, Russell Westbrook. Nobody calls him that. One. He's always been the Brody. I mean, what that's Brockman Sting, but
1: like nobody <laughs> calls him that. How can you say Everyone no one does. calls him that when we all know that that's his nickname?
0: The Rich Eisen Show with guest host Ben Lyons.
2: Brody. Everyone would be like, that's Russell Westbrook.
0: Earlier on the show, NFL Network reporter Jane Slater. Coming up, Pro Football Hall of Famer Marshall Falk, host of the Right Time podcast, Bomani Jones, NBC Olympics commentator, Sel Masekela. And now, it's Ben Lyons.
2: Hour two, the show rolls on. Ben Lyons in for rich. Honestly, guys, I I, I say this with all sincerity, I feel like I've won a contest. (laughs) I really do. Is there some sweepstakes or something? Or I don't know how I've... Been fortunate enough to be able to sit here and hang out with you guys for the last few weeks, dude. It's been so fun. Talk sports. Are you kidding me? This so is a fun. dream, honestly. We're and awesome. what I love about the show and getting to do a show that you guys have built and and continue to deliver to sports fans around the world every single day is that when you come into the office, in addition to getting some Bitcoin uh, words of wisdom from Mike Del Tufo, you get you get things like, oh yeah, Marshall is going to be on the show today. And you're like, oh. Okay, cool. I'm down to talk to the MVP, the Hall of Famer, the seven-time Pro Bowler. Sounds good. Why don't we put him in the second hour? And now it's that time. Joining us right now is the Hall of Famer, Marshall Falk. I feel like I'm living a dream, playing the guys for my video games. Uh, now I'm getting a chance to talk with him. It's ridiculous. How are you, Marshall?
3: Doing good, man. Doing good. How's it going with you
2: guys? Doing well. We appreciate you taking some time. And, and uh, I, I want to start with just the festivities over the weekend out in Canton the joy for us to watch some of our favorite players get inducted, but what was it like for you to be there and to see these guys up close?
3: Oh, man, it was awesome. You know, uh, and I think w- w- what made it even more special was the fact that last, last, last year we didn't get to have one. And, um, I mean, it was, a, uh, it was a big one, too. You know, we missed a big one. Centennial class, centennial class we had 20 guys go in. Um, and you saw Saturday; those guys were recognized. Uh, and then uh, Sunday, you know, we we got the class of twenty twenty one to go in. But um, anytime we can get together, you know, we get you know we get in a room and uh, the stories start flowing. Um, uh, just the information, uh, the how and why, and uh, you know, it's 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 just it's just great to be in that room. Um, I just look back and I, I, I think about the guys. That I grew up watching, and the guys before that that I watched film on, and I think, man it's awesome it's just awesome that that I get to be in this room with the pillars of the NFL
2: were there any of the speeches in particular that that struck you as a Michigan guy seeing Charles Woodson sing voice to men to his mother hit me real hard. How about for you being out there? Were there
3: any moments from the speeches that really grabbed you? all of them. All of them, man. All of those speeches were impactful, uh, and if you, you know, if you listen to the messaging, everybody, everybody had. I mean, they said in some way how we as a people need to find a way to live in this world and coexist, and all, not just get along, but but thrive along. And that's what that's what that's what everybody's message. Um. After they said their thank yous and, 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 and uh, you know, the people who helped them get there and all of that stuff, their message was pretty much the same. And it shows that a lot of reflecting went, went into them giving their speeches and, and what happened in 2020 and all the stuff that we were going through in our country, um, that together we're better.
2: Well said, Marshall. Marshall Falk joining the show. Ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. As we embark on this new season, a big storyline, obviously, Marshall, is vaccinations and which players are getting the vaccine, which ones remain unvaccinated. I know this is an issue you're very passionate about, and you're doing some work with the Legends Committee to inspire people to go out there and get vaccinated. What can you say about the work you're up to right now?
3: Well, the work that, the work that I'm doing is just uh, allowing people to give – for us to give each other space. If I choose to be vaccinated, let me choose to be vaccinated. If someone else chooses not to be vaccinated, let them choose not to be vaccinated. The beauty is in the education and explaining to people who may not be um, what's at risk and the people who decide to be what's at risk. Because I think sometimes we, we, we all just want to be in the same little bubble at the same time. That's not going to ever happen individuals will be individuals and um if you think about our great country you know it's the fact that you get to be an individual here and so so we have to just find the space to allow uh people to make the decisions and i think what we're doing what what, and what i'm doing on this is 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 saying hey listen um don't listen to the 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 lies and the falsehoods that's going uh, around social media and I'm a person who have, I have a lot to lose. And, hey, I got vaccinated because I want to be responsible um, as a person whom I was at the Hall of Fame. There's a lot of people walking around. They want to fist bump. They want to hug. They want to do stuff. And, and if there's a level of responsibility that I can say I've taken that step, that's what I want to do. I want to be responsible.
2: Marshall, oftentimes retired players will think about the game today and which players they would have loved to compete against or compete alongside. Obviously, you never faced anything like this while you were playing in the NFL. Do you think back what those conversations might have been like with teammates in the locker room or on the planes when it comes to getting vaccinated and living in this COVID world that we now are in?
3: Well, you know what? Um... I'm gonna tell you uh it wasn't it wasn't like this, but the do we play and do we get on the plane? is it safe? do we travel after nine eleven that was a big deal that was a big deal, and um you know we had so many team meetings the league was wondering, do we continue to play and what's the best decision <clears throat> and and i think I think even in that sense. Making the best decision collectively, it's always the better choice. And, and here's the thing. Everybody's not going to be on board. That's the, that's the reality of it. It's impossible for everybody to be on board. But um, once again, I'm, I'm always go back to this. For the people who, who, who decide that they want to do whatever opposite is of what the majority are doing, Allow them the space to do that. Just educate them on so they understand where they're at. That's what this whole campaign is. That's what it is.
2: Marshall Falk amongst the NFL alumni speaking up to encourage people to get COVID-19 vaccinations. Ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Getting back to the festivities out in Canton, Ohio, you mentioned being around so many people. Is there anybody that you see in particular that just warms your heart, or gets you starstruck, or brings a smile to your face that you see off stage? Not necessarily one of the the inductees, but just somebody you run into that always warms your heart.
3: Oh man, um, you know <clears throat> when you walk around the museum and and the people that pridefully work there, that live there, um, you know they they're, they're proud that they they've only lived in Canton. And here's here's what I'm gonna say. This here's the best feeling ever. When you're a Hall of Famer and you walk around there, every person that live in that town, they embrace you with this, welcome home, welcome home. And that's such a good feeling. That's such a good feeling. Um, Most of us in life, we just want to be remembered. But when you realize that there's a museum with my likeness and what I do, and what I had done in the game of football, my family's family family, they're going to always be able to go connect and show their kids, kids, my great, great, I don't know how many greats you want to go back. I'm there. And I'll tell you something that's interesting. That, uh, that So uh, they, they built this thing called Centennial Circle downtown. And um, there's a couple of establishments around that. One establishment uh, specifically is, uh, is Jersey Sports Bar. Um, uh the, the owner of it, what he did was, he took it a step further. If you played a down in the NFL, at his restaurant, there's a wall where you can go and find whoever that person is. Whatever year whatever year you came into the NFL, played a down, you're on that wall. One, I'm, I'm talking a cup of tea. I'm talking about a play. Wow. You're on that wall. And that, that's that's taking it beyond the Hall of Fame, you know. And I just think it's it, it's awesome, man, because we all just want to connect and we want to relate. And that's what this that's what that's what that week does for all of us. And it, it was it was much needed after last year.
0: Marshall, we saw some of the amazing busts. Uh, we talked about it. I'm wondering what you thought. Who had the best hair on their bust? Was it Edge? Was it Drew Pearson's? Afro, Troy Polamalu, who had the best hair bust that you saw over the weekend? You know, I'm going to actually
3: go Alan Fanica. Oh. Yeah, just check it out. Because if you, you look at him now and you look at him then, it's like, wow. I mean, he's a whole different person. He's, a, he's he's half the man he once was.
0: Yeah, doesn't he run marathons and stuff now or does it triathlons? Yeah
3: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he really... Uh, it, it was just it was like and and I, listen man I'm Jimmy I'm all, Jimmy I'm all Johnson's all too Jimmy line. Johnson's
0: hair doesn't even move
3: you, you, you don't understand I'm all about the offensive alignment <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about the offensive alignment literally we're we're sitting in the Radnitsky luncheon and um, I sat down at the table with all offensive linemen. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: Orlando zone, Pace man. probably was at your That's, table right
3: Yeah yeah Pace was at my table uh Zimmerman McDaniels um Walter <clears throat> and uh and uh Orlando. Yeah, that's a, Yeah, it was uh yeah.
0: How great it's, was it to see Isaac get his due over the weekend?
3: Oh man, man, I you know, as a as a as a grown man I cried for him because I know I know what it means to him. I know what it meant to me, and I know the work that he put in to get there and what he what he had to go through. Man, that was just um it was
0: awesome. Hey, can it we
3: talk awesome. about Kurt's beard?
0: What's going on with that?
3: No, uh, I asked him about it. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> just, just laziness. That's all. <laughs> Kurt, Kurt, it? Uh, that was it. That's all I got from him.
2: <laughs> Marshall Falk joining the show, sharing some memories from that historic day out in Canton, Ohio over the weekend. Not the first time, Marshall, you've had a front row seat to some historic celebrations. In fact, you were in this studio when the Rich Eisen show revealed its sign. What do you remember about that historic day in studio yeah, here on man. the Rich Eisen show?
3: <laughs> you know, similar. And, and uh, I know you guys are laughing, but you know, I was, you know, I, I watched, I, I watched the radio show turn into a podcast and then the podcast become an actual thing. And, you know, anything that you're building a lot goes into it, man. And I just know that I know that, the, the the blood sweat and tears and the energy that Rich and everybody that's there that's you know a lot of the day oneers um, what they have put into it you know uh, Brockman and, and Del Tufo I mean there's a lot of work has went into to what this show has become and um, you know I'm just proud to have been there uh, I'm proud to be a part of it and I'm always thankful when I get a chance to pop on the show and just just share my insight um, on. You know, whatever the issue may be, uh, even including football.
0: Marshall, you were here for day two when we unveiled Rich's bust, too. You and Marcus Allen were here.
3: Yes, I mean, listen, everybody doesn't get a bust in life. (laughs) That's that's true. Rich has a bust.
2: (laughs) That's incredible, Marshall, to see the growth from this group. Uh, like, uh, Del Tufo can now pull a piece of cloth with string. He can do that now. Yeah. He's really grown. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Just, yeah. 1%, I mean, just 1% better every like, day,
3: right, Mike? Yeah, there yes. you go. Yeah. I mean, you know, as I'm saying, like, the, 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 the group may not have grown, but the fan base is <laughs> They're still the same. They're still
2: the same people. Oh, good
3: stuff.
0: Marshall, finally, do you put salt on your McGriddle like Jerry <laughs> yeah. Jones?
3: We've been talking about that a lot today. Salt on your McGriddle. Did you see Hard Knocks last
1: night by any chance? Has Marshall
0: ever had not. a
3: McGriddle?
1: I'm betting
0: Marshall I has not had not. Yeah. That I was one of the not. big clips. Um, like, Jerry's on the phone trying to figure out what's going on with Dak, and he puts, like, basically half a thing of salt on this McGriddle sandwich. <laughs>
3: You know, I, I I mean wouldn't that because the McGriddle like the, the it's sweet because of the pancake right like the, the bread, right? Right. So I, I would I would only say that's like um, when people put salt on watermelon. You know, it's that sweet, salty, it's like a little thing. It's the only that's thing true. I can say. Uh-huh. That makes sense. It make yeah, music. but
2: anytime you're turning to a pancake for support, you're kind of already losing, I think, Marshall. <laughs> um, we appreciate you taking some time. Thanks for hanging out with us for a little bit.
3: Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Marshall Fox,
2: <laughs> working with more than 40 current and former pro football players, including 20 Super Bowl champions, 25 Pro Bowlers, 15 members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. They're taking part in this important initiative to get those we're unvaccinated, vaccinated, get the word out about vaccines. Marshall Falk, incredible career. So cool to to see him or to hear him react to Isaac Bruce being inducted. Yeah. You think of that one-two punch, fastest show on turf. Oh, man, Torrey Holt
0: should be next. Also deserving, man.
2: And no what he did even before St. Louis, where he feel like he took it to another level. It's like cheat code stuff in St. Louis. St. Louis, he's on the list of just different. Marshall yeah. Falk in St. Louis, it was just different. He's a tremendous player in Indianapolis
1: before oh,
0: that. And you can see it. We, I mean, we mentioned it yesterday. I, think we I don't think I should have brought this up, but yesterday was Gino Toretta's birthday. Marshall thinks Gino Toretta is holding his Heisman Trophy hostage. Like, you saw what Marshall was at San yeah. Diego State, yeah. and you knew this dude was going to come and just wreck the league, and he absolutely did.
2: And uh, doesn't put salt on his McGriddle. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Good stuff. Bumani Jones. Coming up next, the hits keep coming. We got a big show today. We got Bumani, we got Salema Masakela. Give us a little Olympic update. He came back from Japan. Get his whole story about going over there. But Bumani, one of the best voices in all sports, joining this show next. It's Ben Lyons In for Rich, the Rich Eisen Show.
5: You see stuff that's on the walls here when you walk in. There's a, a, a Goodfellas poster that I've had for ever. Really? Yes. Where'd you get it? I got it at a charity auction. Huh. And and it's on the wall. And you, you signed it. You signed it. Rafi. What do you mean? It's not on enough... the Okay. Our stage manager coming. That's it. You've taken it off the wall. Yeah, it's not my signature. What do you mean it's not your signature? This is not my signature, buddy. Down there? You got ripped off. No, I did not. Don't, yeah, you're I kidding don't, me. I don't do a frou-frou L like that, and so, I don't cross it. So that is like not yours because it's signed by you, De Niro, and Pesci, and I spent at least four figures on this thing. Get out of here. Yes. You're a sucker. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's—, that's Now, you're, you're being serious. That is definitely not your signature. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, Scorsese. I don't, I don't, it says Scorsese signed it down there, too. Look at that underneath. that. That's his. That is? I'm not sure that Bob's. Because uh-huh. I could only remember signing really like five. That was complete. And there was never like one of those signings where you all lay there. I mean I could t- sign it for real. Yeah. At I'm, least I could double it. Please, do it do what you wish. If that is, it, do you know if that's Pesci's? Do you know if that's Joe's? No, that's him. No, I know that's him. Do you know if that's his signature? I don't I don't know Joe's signature. Okay. Rich, you show that it's to every guest. the rocks in here. Yeah, sure. uh, This is hanging it so every guest that walks in here, this is one of the first things that they see in the hallway. You no, sure? We'll we'll take care of it later, Rafi. Yeah. What do you got? <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's got an axe. Are you serious? Do you do you want it do you want the real? Yeah, sure. But uh, you know no, I mean it's gonna hurt the hurt the Okay. Your- <laughs> oh no, it doesn't. Oh that's you just, you oh my just God, smashed myself home. a heart attack. I guess uh, yeah, we'll do it a, later. Okay. It's not me. Yeah, you just banged yourself you just cracked the glass. <laughs> so we could take it out. <laughs> smash the glass. I mean you got that at this no, point. It's not glass though. It's not really glass. It's like a plexi. But we'll do it. We'll fix it. Okay. But you got ripped off. <laughs> wow oh my gosh. Is How there are you a, feeling now, Rich? I'll keep I'll keep this knowing something. this, he's animation. holding on to the X. Uh, uh, All right, I, so ask me a question. Oh, my gosh. You Okay, you put the axe down. This is fantastic. I, I'm sort of, I don't even know where to go with this, because that has been one of my most prized possessions for some time, and you are the real McCoy saying that it's not your signature. Yeah, no, it's not. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, did I really hurt my head there? <laughs> <laughs> it's cracked. Of all the places for you to smash it, it was directly in the forehead of you and the movie poster right there. But it's all good, because we're going to take that thing apart. If that's not your signature, I need your actual uh, John Hancock on that.
1: How
2: are you doing, Henry? <laughs> oh, Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Ben Lyons in for Rich. The show rolls on. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Had you ever seen that? We just played, uh, for the radio eyes, we just played the
0: Ray Liotta poster clip from like six years ago. No, have you, have I mean, I've seen, seen a poster in,
2: uh, yeah. in the in the dressing room here, but I uh, I haven't seen that clip of Ray Liotta with an axe smashing the poster <laughs> because it wasn't his signature on it. Yeah, it's that's ama- good. It's The best piece of movie promotional material I ever received as you know, I'm a voting member of the broadcast film critics and they send us all this stuff trying to get our votes ridiculous and should stop. But the best thing I ever got was some Ray Liotta honey from B movie. Delicious. <laughs> B Movie Was putting that Ray Liotta honey on my toast all year long. The, the Jerry Seinfeld B movie. Yeah. They were, someone thought it was a good idea to send all the journalists Ray Liotta honey. Wow. There you go. <laughs> uh, Something that's been a trend in sports the last couple of years. Guys with these cryptic messages on Instagram and Twitter. Bizarre. Kyrie's been known to do them. My guy, Carmelo Anthony, I love him. He drops some words of wisdom every once in a while. You pointed out the Michael Thomas tweet the Michael other Thomas day. Michael Thomas yesterday. jeez. A cryptic tweet from Michael Thomas. Also an Instagram post. I thought who better to speak on this issue than Bumani Jones, because Bumani Jones, one of the great voices in all sports media, and I know he's very passionate about the subject of people posting on Instagram without using photos. What are your thoughts on Michael Thomas, Bumani?
6: All I'm saying about all these people is, you tell me (laughs) if I'm tripping. Like you let me know if I'm wrong. (laughs) How many people that you see that always post all these words on Instagram? How many of them do you ever ask for advice? Right, like, like something about this era has led people to believe that people need advice from them, right? Like no matter what, somebody's out there listening, they believe that somebody needs to hear from them. And I just want to know whoever asked them what they thought in the first place. Like any of the people that I would ask them what they thought, they don't just give the stuff away. They just don't.
2: Umani, well, if you're an assistant coach in New Orleans and you bring this to the attention of Sean Payton, what's Sean Payton's reaction
6: here's the one thing, though. They know this dude, right? Like, none of them are surprised by this being a thing that's happened. And he seems to be a dude. People on his own team and on his other team kind of struggle to like him. Like, I imagine that there's some people who do. Don't get me wrong. Like, I don't want to act like nobody in the world likes him. But the percentage of people that seem to dislike Michael Thomas is higher than the average. So this has happened. I don't know what actually went down. That's the one thing I do want to be fair about. But that's Michael Thomas' fault at this point. He is welcome to let us know how he was protecting them. Why are you still protecting them if it's like this?
2: Bomani Jones joins the show, The Right Time, with Bomani Jones. When it comes to football this time of year, what gets you really fired up? Is it a Trey Lance pass in practice? Is it the fact that we're hearing Carson Wentz is planning to be the week one starter despite the foot injury? What gets you fired up for football this time of year?
6: Absolutely nothing. Like it'll be <laughs> <laughs> like, like, this time of year. Because it would be different if I didn't work in this. Right? Like at some point I get to chill. At some point I get to relax. We just had the NBA Finals like three weeks ago, or something like that. So, like, yeah, I mean, I do enjoy a good holdout. I will admit that. Like, that probably seems counterintuitive to this, <laughs> but I do like watching the back and forth of a holdout far more than anything else that can happen in a preseason game.
2: Been a fan of your work for a long time. Now I get to associate you with being a big holdout guy. Yeah, you know that, Bo Mani. He's always rooting for holdouts. I love that. Uh, you're also a sneaker expert, and our, our buddy TJ Jefferson had a little trouble with an old pair of Air Jordans. Yeah. Pulled them out of the closet. They were, what, eight, nine years old, and the sole fell off.
1: They were older than that, Bo. I just had, they were a pair of high top Jordan 2s. I probably hadn't worn them in about five years. Put them on yesterday. Soul ripped right off him.
2: Quentin Richardson came on the show and suggested that TJ build a wine cellar in his home (laughs) to to preserve the shoes, not realizing that TJ's the social media producer at the Rich Eisen Show and wine cellar, not really in the equation. What do you do to preserve all your shoes? I know you're a big sneakerhead.
6: Yeah, honestly none of mine are really old enough to where i got to worry so much about preserving them. I think if it really gets to a point where you got to think about how to keep them up that long, you might want to consider those Like, I just did a, a donation uh, of a whole bunch of shoes because I live in New York, and I moved to a smaller place. And so I had to make that happen. I will note, though, that they were Jordan 2. You don't hear people get too emotionally attached to Jordan Twos very often. I make a comparison that doesn't have a whole lot of Venn diagram overlap of people who care, but the Jordan 2 are basically the equivalent of the Led Zeppelin 3. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's people out there who really, really love it, but in comparison to everything else on the run, it's a bit of a skipper. <laughs>
2: Well, Monty, I got really excited this morning uh, just as a fan of basketball and great stories, the idea of Russell Westbrook coming home to Los Angeles. We'll analyze the turnovers and the three-pointers and the shot selection later. But for right now, just the idea of this kid was a fan of the Lakers, lost his friend growing up, played for UCLA, stayed in L.A. Now he's getting a chance to come home. I think it's a great story. What are your thoughts on Russ coming home to the Lakers?
6: Yeah, I'm a big Russell Westbrook fan. Fan, right? Like he's just a person where I like his get down, like the way he handles things by and large. I like in the stories that you hear about him that don't, you know, come out nearly as much about just kind of being just a good dude. Um, I rock with him on this. I have no idea how this is going to work as a basketball thing, none whatsoever. Um, I, I'm inclined to think that it's not simply that his best days are past us, but I think that like I don't even know how good the next days are going to wind up being. But what I do want to see. We've never seen him asked to play a role quite as secondary as what they're going to ask him to play here. Like even with the Rockets, they did a lot of staggering with him and Harden, so Russell still had like a thirty percent usage rate. And with Washington, even with Brad Beal there, he still put up a grip of shot. He's a clear number three here in best case scenario, and so I'm wondering how he's going to wind up adapting to that. Because say what you want about Russell Westbrook, I do believe that he is willing to make certain alterations to do what is necessary to win. I think he really believe all that other stuff is going to help him win, even the things that we wound up complaining about. I don't think he'll be able to look himself in the face and say that about how he fits on this roster.
2: The Right Time with Bomani Jones podcast is the podcast. Bomani joins us right now. Ben Lines in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. We stay in Los Angeles to talk some Clippers. TJ, a huge Kawhi fan, I don't get it, Bomani. I don't know how you can be the best player in a team and be so aloof and so difficult to get a read on and set the tone for the rest of the organization. Where do you stand on Kawhi? You ever seen a guy behave like this in the NBA?
6: I don't even know how you, anybody can like say how they stand on him because he ain't giving us nothing to base his information on other than really actual play. I'm with you. I've never seen anything quite like this. and. The one thing I do say about him is we all get to have the personality type that we have, and teams have been willing to work around the personality that he does have. But I don't think it is appropriate to flex on the perks of being the star of the team if you don't want to do the uncomfortable parts of being the star on the team. So, like, if you want to have it where you're showing up late all the time and everybody's operating on your schedule, okay, that's cool. But to me, that means you got to be the dude that's all around, that does all that leader guy stuff that we think is kind of cliche in sports, but often it does have a value. So, like, that, that's the one thing I do say about him. Be who you want to be, but if you want to be the man and get all the perks of it, then you also have to deal with what some of the costs are.
2: Well, Monty, Brockman's having a tough time because he loves your podcast. He listens every morning to work, but over the last two weeks, we've now kind of flip-flopped. We, we're trading places here. We've switched. I now have Cardiac Kemba playing at the world's most famous. <laughs> I got Evan Fournier, fresh off his France run to silver medal. He's dealing with Dennis Schroeder now. It's like the Knicks and Celtics have, have twisted fates and have switched sides now. Brockman's spiraling. What's happening in Boston?
6: Well... I mean, if you can get a shooter for $6 million, that's a steal, right? Like, I think there are real questions to have about Kemba Walker and his knees and how they're going to hold up, and I don't know how you take your bad knee to go play for tips. That's just not something that I personally would wind up doing. But Chaz um, Palm
2: and Terry did a voiceover on a video, Bomani. It's going to be fine.
6: <laughs> hey, man, I'm glad, especially living in New York now, Like, I'm glad that the Knicks are something to talk about because it seemed to make people really happy just as they were up. Like, I like to see the people around us happy, and they really, really seem to be thrilled about the fact that they were back to some measure of uh, basketball relevance. But I I think getting Schroeder for the price that they got him at, I think that that's a win. Like, that dude apparently made one of the worst decisions anybody's ever made, and I just want to know what information he had when he turned down the $20 million a year extension. What led him to believe that things are going to be better? And what changed to the point where he's taking a one-year deal for $6 bucks?
2: And what makes you think, Bumani, that a one-year Dennis Schroeder who's trying to prove himself to get a long-term deal that he missed out on is a good situation for Boston? Dennis playing for himself. Yeah, sign me up for that.
6: Yeah, but see, I don't feel like a one-year Dennis Schroeder is that much different than a four-year Schreuder, Dennis Schroeder. Like, <laughs> what, what he gives you is a mean first step, right? He's got the ball... He can get by you on the first step. That's what his career has been the whole way. Now, how you figure out how to work that best is its own thing, but it's a dude that can get to the basket and that can get his own shot, and you can't have too many of those in the NBA.
2: The right time with Bomani, uh, with Bomani Jones is the podcast. Talk to me about this Bob Costas opportunity. You're hanging out with one one of the legends in this business.
6: Yeah, no, the show is Back on the Record with Bob Costas. Um, we're going to have an episode um, the last weeks of August, September, and October for this year, and then it's going to be quarterly um, for 2022. And I just got a call out of nowhere that Bob wants to talk to me, and he mentioned what the show was and that he wanted to have my voice to make contributions on it. And I was like, yeah, hey, I'll do that. Okay. <laughs> you know. And so I do an essay, and I participate in the panel on each episode. Our next episode is August the 27th.
0: Bomani, uh speaking of uh, your essays, you, your podcast this week, you did one on the complicated ending of Bobby Bowden's life. Can you just kind of give our listeners the reader's digest of your take there? I thought it was really interesting.
6: Yeah, I think that Bobby, he's a charming man. Like, number one, he's a charming man from an era where coaches had personalities. Like, that's something that doesn't really happen right now, the job has become much more corporate at this point. And these guys just really aren't much fun in any sort of way. Bobby Bowden always was and is the rare guy who rose to prominence while doing very public losing. Like, they finished in the top five 14 times in a row. But they had five different seasons where Miami was their only regular season loss. And we saw that, right? Like, that rivalry is the premier college football rivalry of the 1990s. And so there's an affection that a lot of us have for Bobby Bout because he just seemed like a guy that would like whoever it was that he was talking to because he's that guy and he's the guy who can kind of get away with saying inappropriate things just because you like him so much. But on the way out, not on the way out, I don't think that's the best way to put it, but he had COVID last year and he recovered in his 90s and put out a statement that said that uh, he was glad that he recovered because he wanted to live long enough to vote for Donald Trump. And I feel like when you say something like that in public at 90 years old, you have decided how you want us to remember you. Like you wanted to make sure that you had that on the books before you died. And who am I to remember him other than the way that he wished?
2: That's interesting, Bumani, because it makes me think about the larger conversation sports fans are having with the athletes and coaches they root for. There's more of a transparency now as a sports fan. Not only do you want your favorite coaches and players to succeed, but oftentimes you want them to feel the same as you politically, to stand up for issues that you believe in, to have investments in companies that you support. It's a lot that we put on these these men and women, and it's a different time in the sports fan-player-coach relationship. And the point you're making about Bobby Bowden, the way he wanted to be remembered... What other choice do we have as sports fans to remember him that way and then infer whatever we take away from that? So, where do you think the sort of the line draws with how much we can kind of poke and pry into the personal lives and personal beliefs of these men and women?
6: Well, I think that there's a difference between asking people to agree with you politically and preferring that those that you pay homage to not believe, support, and endorse things that are somewhere between offensive and destructive. Um, That, I don't think, is actually anything new. Uh, Think about this, case in point. I think it's in 1983 that Lou Holtz gets fired at Arkansas because he filmed a campaign ad for Jesse Helms from his office. Now, keep in mind, this is in the state of Arkansas in 1983, and that got him fired, okay? And that's not just simply because like, that is not something that was done simply because people disagree with Jesse Helms. I bet he polled very well. Arkansas was not a state, but you understand the point that I'm making, that these things have come up all the time, and we've had them come up at many times. Now, with Bowden, I am a black dude from the South, so this lands a little bit different for me because – People who grew up in the age range of generation that I did, which is coming after the beginning of some dawn of integration, you come across dudes like Bobby Bowden all the time, and they treat you really, really good, they're very nice, they charm your mama, everything else, but given your knowledge of the prevailing views of the area that you're in, you can't help but wonder to some degree what this guy maybe not thinks about you, but what he would think about you if you were not you, if that makes sense. And there's a particular sort of heartbreak that can come up when you're that person and you hear somebody endorse something or push something that is not just something you disagree with, but something that is in opposition to things that are fundamental to your being. I think throughout time and across the board, no matter who the people are, they have made decisions about who they are going to root for and not root for based on those sorts of things. And so I don't think that part is really anything new. I think the part that's new is that you have much more chatter about it on things like social media. And so you wind up hearing people say a lot of things out loud, and it will be amplified. But then in the end, if whoever that person is winds up winning, and nobody cares. We just saw this happen with Kanye West. Think about all the things you heard people say about how done they were with Kanye West. and He put all them people up in a stadium in the midst of the Delta variant to go listen to an album he wasn't even finished with.
2: The album's about to come out. It's almost perfect, though, Bomani. He's waiting (laughs) for it to be just right. you got to get it just right. I appreciate you taking some time. The Right Time podcast with Bomani Jones. Lastly, I want to leave you with this. You know, we just had executive director of the WNBPA, Terry Jackson, come on the other day and talked about this new Commissioner's Cup the WNBA has kicking off on Thursday night. And you saw Team USA get their seventh gold medal in a row, filled with huge stars in the W. Coming back for the second half of the season – what do you make of the the cultural moment that the W.A. seems to be experiencing right now, where it seems like for the first time in my lifetime, there's a laundry list of players who are really active in the cultural space, society. You can feel their presence on social media. What do you make for the second half of the W.N.B.A. season and what's happening in that sport?
6: Well, the big thing that's happened is the basketball is really good, Um and I had never watched a whole lot of WNBA basketball, but I did watch kind of at the dawn of the sport and a little bit more as it went along. And the quality of play that we have now is just so much higher than it was before. And I also think that with social media, where it's really helped the WNBA is I understand everyone who says that they want to see more prominent coverage of WNBA, like on ESPN or on Center, and so forth and so on, right? I totally get that. But on SportsCenter, for example, if it's a one-hour episode of SportsCenter, they only got one hour. And they have to figure out how to allocate that hour, and that's largely based on what the metrics are that say that people are interested in something, right? Like, there aren't that many things that people are putting on television or in a broadcast medium just to do a favor for somebody, right? Like, this is not public broadcasting. That's typically not how it works. Something like women's basketball can really win on social media, though, because you get a lot more people who have the option of opting in themselves and a lot more people who can share the content with people that would not ordinarily get it. So if I follow somebody who, for whatever reason, I'm into what they're talking about and I have a measure of trust with them, they, if they are WNBA fans, are then going to talk about the WNBA and they're going to talk about women's basketball And you're going to be able to reach some people that you just wouldn't have gotten otherwise in large part because they're going to sign up for what the person who is putting it out there is doing. They trust that person. And so if I were to get on, for example, and start talking about the WNBA, there are going to be people who ordinarily would not have watched it that are going to be like, look, I don't think Bomani would steer me wrong on this. I'm going to check it out. And now you get more people who are into it and more people who are talking about it. And you're not bound by the finite resources of more gatekeeping type of operations who have to figure out what they're going to give their precious time to.
2: Appreciate the insights, as always. Huge fan of your work. Love the podcast. And uh, really appreciate you taking some time, man. Touch on a lot of different stuff. All right. No problem, man. You guys have a good day. Amani Jones joining the show, the Right Time Podcast. He's absolutely right. Guys like Bomani, myself, get out there talking about the W, inspiring basketball fans to check it out, and you get to watch Stewie do her thing. Looking forward to the Commissioner's Cup, Team USA getting it done, seven in a row. Mm. It's a great time for women's hoops right now. Season starts up this weekend. Um, Hey, coming up next... Well, we got about 20 minutes till Selema, right? Yes. So coming up next, I would like your help. I need your help, Rockman, because you're a resident degenerate. I'd like to bet on a baseball game tonight. I don't know which game. Let's go. Look at that smile. As Ben Affleck says in Boiler Room ear to ear over there. Let's bet on a baseball game tonight. We'll get into that next. Ben Lyons on for Rich. 20 minutes from Selema, the Rich Eisen Show.
5: You said how Aaron Paul, you were thinking of killing off his yeah. character by the end of season one.
4: The original idea was, you know, you always got to come up with a great season ender. You, you want a cliffhanger of, of an episode to keep folks watching uh, next year. And and my thought early on, before I even met Aaron, before we cast Aaron, uh, was, was to have this young guy, uh, former student of, of Walter White, played by Bryan Cranston. Uh, give Walt his entree into the business, sort of show him the ropes of criminality. Uh, And then at the end of that first season, that character, Jesse Pinkman, would get horribly killed in some very cinematic, graphic way that I never quite nailed down. But he would be murdered by some rival drug dealers, and Walt would feel very guilty, and then he would seek revenge, and that would propel us into season two. Then I meet Aaron Paul, and I cast this young guy, and he's fantastic in the role, and he's such a sweet guy to boot. He's just a wonderful guy, that I think we're probably shooting the second episode, and I was hanging out on the set uh, with him, you know, sitting in those chairs near the monitors, and, and I just make a conversation. I say, you know, I was gonna kill you off. That was the original plan. He goes, what? And he gets, he gets <laughs> right. all really nervous. He goes, what do you, you talk about? Said, no, it's, this is a good thing, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And I tell him the story I just told you, but he's not hearing the compliment Contained within, he's just thinking, "Oh my God, I might get killed off." And I told this story to Brian Cranston. I think he wandered by uh, as he was hearing the tail end of this, and he he was relentless for the next six years. He'd get every time he got a script for a new episode before Aaron did. He'd look through and he read it, and then he'd go up to Aaron. He'd say, "Buddy," and he'd put his start massaging his shoulders. It was it was uh, this next one. It's at least you're gonna go out with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> And Aaron, it never got old because Aaron, God bless him, his eyes would just go wide like a deer in the headlights. Well, because anything could happen on this show. And that was
5: what was such a great thing for me, consuming it, watching it, is you just really never knew. I I see something off camera. I'm wondering what, what, that, that, what, 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 what is that? Did you bring this?
4: I did indeed. And this is a gift for you and your studio. No way. This is, uh, for, for, uh, this is, of course, uh, uh, the character of Gustavo Fring uh, played by the the amazing uh, Giancarlo Esposito uh-huh. and this is this is him post uh, spoiler alert this yeah. is him, this is him post a bad
5: uh, moment in the nursing home I, well, very a, bad moment a
4: very, in the nursing very, very home very bad moment and a wonderful artist uh, this was part of a, uh, an art show we had a couple years ago where, where uh, artists uh, who were inspired by Breaking Bad came up with various uh, artworks, and this is, this is one of them. I yeah, love this gonna, one. We're going to put this on the wall. Oh, man, wall. Thank You'll
5: you. will always have a place here, Vince. 14
2: games on the docket tonight in Major League Baseball. Boy, what a night to put down... a completely impulsive bets. Ben Lyons in for rich on the rich Eisen show. I am a gambler, but I don't gamble a lot of money. Mm -hmm. I would rather have $3 on a game than have no dollars on a game. And I think I'd rather have $3 on a game than $30 on a game. And I definitely would rather have $3 on a game than 300. (laughs) That is for sure. I don't bet on my favorite teams. You'll never see.
0: You've never lived until you had 300 on a meaningless NBA playoff game.
2: No, the, well, you haven't lived <laughs> when you've had $6 on a meaningless NBA game, and it feels like everything. Ben, did I, did I, did I That's
1: being a lie. <laughs> did I ever tell you one of the first big bets I made, and I say big because it was way back in the day when I was super broke. I say I'm broke now. I was really broke then. The Charles Smith game.
2: And that's we all I have to such bring- a great show. I'm saying, I, flying bet, I by. bet money
1: on that game. We've had Legends
2: lost. on, Jane Slater, the Fresh Princess of Oxnard. We have Salema <laughs> Masekela oh, you, coming on, on later. We had Hall of Famer Marshall Falk, and you need to bring up this trash. I'm just saying, I lost <laughs> money on that game. You missed eight layups. Like, I lost a piece of my soul. So how much is that worth? Well, yeah, Good point.
1: Yeah. The kitchen in the house I lived in lost the cabinet because I picked up a folding chair and threw it in there. <laughs> so right, so it's because you had so much money on it. Yeah, fifty bucks. Fifty bucks for me in '93 might as well have been fifteen. By the way, that's today. a good bet
2: though. Even even knowing the outcome years later, still going <laughs> to say going to be on record. <laughs> it's a good bet. Should have won that game. But there are fourteen baseball games on the docket yeah, tonight. Spend lines. Talk baseball. To me. Yeah, baseball. Yeah, uh, talk to me. What we, do we want to do here? I just want to have some action. Okay, you know, I had, a, I had a baseball coach uh, in high school once. We used to do spring training in Arizona. He dropped us off at the hotel. He said, Ben, I'm addicted to the action. He had to go out to the to the casinos and I don't know if I ever saw him again. But I need some action. All right. What are we what are we what are we thinking about? Do we want to do
0: adjusted run line, run line, money line? We want to bet runs hit errors over under. What do we want to do?
2: You know, I'm used to when it comes to betting on baseball, sitting in the bleachers at Dodger Stadium with my buddy on betting on balls and strikes. I don't see that on the uh, on the sheet here.
0: No balls and strikes. Will the ninth tough. pitch
2: of the second inning be a ball? You know, that's the kind of action I like. Can't but when do it comes to baseball betting. You can do first five innings. That's I a- feel like that run and a half is a sucker bet. I feel like when they tempt you with the will the Dodgers win by a run and a half, and you go, Ugh. big
0: sucker bet. Yeah, also, six to five. You want to bet? Uh, you want to do a, a popular baseball is the first five innings because you are, you know, that's pretty much the starting pitcher. So you are kind of betting on that starting pitcher that day when you get, you know, kind of a. Uh, as the, the game right, goes the late on, the bullpen, innings, could happen. you don't know what's going to happen. And also, you're seeing a lot of kind of bad beats on the totals uh, recently in baseball because extra innings, you know, it starts with a runner on second base, and you're seeing a lot of runs kind of scored in extra innings these days. It seems like guys immediately
2: score. So, so let's take a look at this one. we, we got the, the Toronto, list, Blue J- Toronto Blue Jays. They are on the road, down the road from here in Anaheim is not Los Angeles, even though they're the L.A. Angels, the Anaheim Angels. They're plus 145. The The Angels, you mean? Blue Jays looked a little sloppy yesterday. Saw Vlad Guerrero make an error. Okay. Thinking a night out in Southern California for the Blue Jays. That's You know, maybe they're getting after it a little much down there at the Big A. Anaheim, (laughs) Orange County. I was a fan of that show. Those kids let it rip. I mean, the Hooters
0: right next to the stadium is second to none.
1: I mean, (laughs) California. Family show.
2: So, Vlad Guerrero Jr., night out in the O.C. Maybe a little gla- glossy-eyed here today. Oh, so you want to take the home team. I'm taking the home team. You got Otani plus 145. Well, I got 165 here on the money. I don't know what what site you're looking at. No, yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Plus 165 Angels to win the game. I'm leaning towards that right now. So you now. want to do $3? I'll take your action. I'm leaning 10 bucks. This is oh, crazy. Whoa. Let's do it for TV.
1: Whoa.
2: <laughs> $10 bet on an Angels game tonight? Is that going to be my Wednesday night in
1: August? You know what I say, Ben lines. Scared money don't make none. <laughs>
2: So. <laughs> Is that what you say, TJ? <laughs> what else do you say, TJ? I say a lot of stuff like what that. What
1: else do that
0: you say? Be careful, though. I don't know what you're going to lose on the golf course this afternoon.
2: Ooh, that's oh, that's true. Oh, man. You're already getting country club hustled. You're walking right into this. <laughs> I'm getting strokes.
0: How about White How, White Sox?
2: How about White Sox twins? Twins plus 150. Ooh, yeah, brother. Was Lance free Lynn go, pitching go. tonight? Yeah. White Sox definitely take them. What's that like country club life? Country club life? <laughs> Doesn't involve $3 bets on the Twins. $3 bets. <laughs> 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 Country, Club, Country Club life is, oh, you're pitching tonight for the Twins? Let me let me uh <laughs> let me take some action on that. I got some inside information. Ooh, should, who else do we got? Are they playing a double header out there? Oh. Got to be careful now with these seven inning games, these double headers. That's tough, man. Are you a baseball better? Will you bet on the Red Sox?
0: No, absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. Not, not, I, don't, I don't really like betting baseball.
2: Tampa, plus 100 tonight against the Red Sox. Oh, the White Sox are, pitching, are playing right now, so that would be a live bet. Oh, they're playing they right now. On that, yeah. Live bet on the drive up to the golf course? Talk about action. You're <laughs> betting live on the drive to the golf course just to play your round fast so you can get to the game you bet <laughs> after? <laughs> Commissioners' Cup Thursday, Seattle, four and a half over Connecticut. Betting baseball, it takes a different type of, of chutzpah chutzpah good one takes a different type of good one you're you're uh uh, you're a member of the tribe right uh ish honestly no i'm not my father is okay mother's not i went uh i went over to that part of the world got a a look at it firsthand and was like nope not i'm not part of this okay you know say ish 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 like edelman edelman always says he's (laughs) jewish you know what i mean um Here's a thought not I had sure yesterday. That factors into if we're taking the Kansas City Royals tonight or not. I don't know what your obsession Plus with is baseball betting. I'm here for it. I just want to it. find one game, so Brock, just let that you me and know. I can wrap you, our arms You think
0: around. about it, and I want to propose this to you. Uh, watching uh, Leo Messi get introduced yesterday at PSG, he's going to wear number 30. Steph Curry. Does he instantly become the greatest number 30 in sports? No, because of Steph Curry. Why? Messi's wearing 30, and he's... Considered the best soccer player in the world. Messi
2: hasn't done it yet in the 30. We need to see it at PSG. How's he going to blend in with Neymar? Does he still have something left in the tank? How will the emotions of not being, for the only team he's ever known, play into his game? He's had some injuries the last couple years. Steph Curry's still number one.
0: So you don't think... Just because he's wearing number 30, he needs to have done it it. wearing number 30. Not now that he's just wearing number 30. He is now a
2: better player. What's impressive about him wearing number 30 is that when the photograph of him wearing it was posted on the PSG Instagram, their followers went up by 20 million. That is crazy. 20 million. They were sitting at just under 20, and now they're at 40. Wow. That was last night. I don't even know what it is today. I sent you a screen grab of of when they posted it. I said, let's keep track on Twitter of how many followers or or everything, you know, likes. When I got it, it was at 17,000 retweets five minutes after they posted it. I so mean, what's on the what's on PSG's Twitter now? With uh, it's got to be the announcement it's, it's of Messi. It's got to
0: be over a million, right?
2: Is it now? Is it PSG, the English version? You got no, you which got which is, brand involved so, now there's too? There's so many different PSG sites, to be honest, they uh, they sponsor the kits. They, they got forty three point nine
4: there
0: on Instagram. PSG Inside, that's kind of the one. Uh, I mean, the Messi videos are just going crazy. His jersey, I immediately got nike notifications that the jersey was for sale You're such
2: a fascinating case study for shopify or for digital uh, sales or retail because when dak prescott wears lululemon pants you go <laughs> open your digital wallet and then when I you see Messi at a press conference you go and open your digital wallet well no i got an and ad when, i just immediately and when got fanatics an ad. like raises all this money you're like all in because you're the you're, this is it's, it's yeah. very curious into your mind of yeah, how you're influenced to buy clothing no
0: i saw that yesterday and i thought hmm is Fanatics a public company because I would like to own stock?
2: In like, them. did you see Danny Ainge wearing that shirt for a casual Friday? And we're like, I got to buy that.
0: He was at Summer League with Iman Duque and Brett Stevens.
2: <laughs> what does that mean? Is. Is Danny still pulling strings behind the scenes? Uh, that's a big deal. That's the, that, the, You present yourself. That's the debutante ball of the NBA. It's when you Summer present League? yourself to yeah. society. And this is our team. This is our stability. Kawhi Leonard, these are your Teva sandals. You thought that Danny Ainge was out of the picture, but yet he's part of the presentation. I Summer thought he League. was
0: going to Utah, and now he's sitting right next to those guys. Like, what is happening?
2: Yeah, It's a big deal. Did
0: Danny really sign Dennis Schroeder or did, did Brad? <laughs>
2: Danny said, You know what? I'm actually called back here because I think we should go get the guy from the hookah lounge <laughs> who said, Yeah, 84 million. I'm good. I'll go the Del Tufo route. I'll just go for 6 million instead of the 84.' <laughs> Del Tufo, did the
0: sandals come yesterday? Or not? Tufo, no, they're on you- their way. Do you They're want to be way.
2: Dennis Schroeder's new agent? Because he's looking for uh, representation. I'm a t- I couldn't be an agent. I can't negotiate for myself. Forget <laughs> anyone else.
0: What are you talking about, Mike? When I was thinking about getting a new car like five years ago, you were like,
2: let me do the negotiating. Lemma Masekela calling up next. Ben Lyons in for Rich. This is the Rich Eisen Show. First of all, I can negotiate for a car. Yeah, Mike said he could <laughs> negotiate for different.
1: himself, but he
2: could yeah, negotiate for you. car. I can negotiate
1: for a car. Oh, okay. I can tell you guys I one of I've bought
2: 1,000 cars in my life. I can definitely do a car. <laughs> one of the worst decisions I ever made in my life, oh. one of the worst negotiations I ever made, I was working out at the Equinox here in Los Angeles, oh, yeah. got a guest pass, Okay. got a guest pass the way, to the those Equinox. Those are like $80 a day. Yeah, super stoked. <laughs> Saw a guy doing sit-ups, and he was like, hey, can you help me out? Can you help help me out with this workout? I was like, Sure. So he's throwing the medicine ball back and forth to me, and I'm helping this guy do some sit-ups. I think we have a, a shot here of it on Peacock, <laughs> potentially. Oh. Yeah, so look at like, that. Oh, let, me, let me help this guy do some, oh, some sit-ups. I'll help him out. Yeah. And then he's like, hey, are you into UFC? I was like, not really. He's like, do you want to help me spar? You know, it's like the gym and stuff. So I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's, let's get in the ring. Let's spar a little bit. You know, I thought it was a good idea. Maybe push myself. Turned out it was a really bad idea. Because that guy's Ladanian Tomlinson. I was just going to say. And <laughs> put me in a headlock at the Equinox over there in Century City. Look at the smile oh. on his face, ear to ear. And then the the match continued. I think we have one more shot, maybe, of when I
4: decided. Down yeah, it's grab. just a uh, hey. tap out there. Oh, That's it. tap bar. out.
0: <laughs> now, a follow-up question to this, Ben Lyons. Do you... Employ a personal photographer because you seem to have yeah. a lot of these like quote unquote <laughs> candid I told you, I told you, These aren't selfies like I do. <laughs> right. These are like someone playing. Yeah, this is Del Tufo grinning on his boat. Like, yeah, this is, exactly, like, this is not.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, these are planned photos. Full transparency, it was a shoot for the Players Tribune, but it
5: was
0: a better story
2: <laughs> for Peacock to so, say yeah. I just happen to be at the gym okay. working out with Ladanian and Tomlinson be- because these are like you. Right. Me and Brock would always say it'd be great to have a photographer follow. Yeah, that's up. what okay. Evans had, Robert. We were talking about Bob Evans yesterday. He used to have a photographer follow. That's the him greatest I mean, this in his life. Yeah, I wish I had that. By the way, bigger, big news, not See, bigger. Losing big news, a parlay in Vegas. Twitter just there. changed their font. I don't know if you guys saw. Wait, what? Oh, no. Go to Twitter. It's like they've changed their font. I wonder if people to ask are going ba- crazy. I am right Ben now. Lyons
0: on Twitter. I wanted to ask Bomani Jones about this, about. Uh, <laughs> I thought we got oh, rid of. Comic Sans font, like I thought. Dan Gilbert officially murdered Comic Sans.
2: No, but that's in Instagram. That's a big Instagram one. I know, but these guys are still using that's a big- it. Big. I have no idea what Del Tufo's is talking about with Twitter. You're the, right your now. Twitter's at no, mine's no oh, different though. No. Reload it, open and close. What a surprise! Del Tufo's is different. Ben Lyons in for <laughs> Rich. The Rich Show rolls on. <laughs>